The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and by Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Leonard Maltin is one of the world's most respected film critics and historians. His film guides, by the way, were simply something that I had to pick up pre-internet, especially because the books were just thick with great information about film and actors. Leonard is best known, of course, for his 30-year run on Entertainment Tonight, and now he hosts a weekly podcast about film. I've got Leonard Malton on the line right now in Los Angeles. Hi, Jeff. Leonard, nice speaking with you again. I know that it's uh, your busy time of the year for sure, but with this pandemic, how did that change your life and your job? Oh, just thoroughly. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine a more complete, uh, you know, inversion, uh, uh, undoing, whatever you want to call it. Fortunately, uh, uh, the streaming services came to our rescue. Yes. And uh, they seem to have a steady supply uh, of material, both the new television shows and the documentary series and, uh, and movies. And uh, they filled that gap and kept a lot of us sane. Yeah, because I think, you know, a year ago, as strange as it was, there was a genuine panic from people who thought that we were going to run out of things to watch. Yes, and and I don't think that was misplaced panic. Uh, Yeah. But it turns out that we've somehow we've all soldiered through. Is the theater-going experience, is that still the thing for you? Because, you know, a lot of us bought nice TVs with nice sound systems and everything because it started to become a little more difficult to enjoy that. Well, uh, I only once, and I've been watching a lot of movies because uh, I vote in the year-end critics' polls with the L.A. Film Critics and for the AFI, the USC Scripter Awards which honors the author of the original material as well as the adapter. And uh, only once did I feel cheated. I was watching Wonder Woman 84, which you could say it serves me right, but it's not a very good movie. But during the big action scenes, I was watching it on an 80-inch television set, and I still felt cheated that I wasn't seeing it, you know, in a theater larger than life. Right. Really larger than life. With the you know the big sound system and all that, uh, but most of the others have translated remarkably well, I think. A lot of films that, like you say, that would have been in theaters moved to platforms like Netflix or Apple TV or whatever. But some studios held out. I mean, the James Bond movie that we've all been looking forward to with Daniel Craig—it's the theater or nothing with those producers, right? Yes. Well, but you know the. <laughs> This is all they've got. <laughs> not, yeah. not that we're going to hold the benefit for them, but this is this <laughs> is their baby, and uh, you only get one shot, right? And so that one really has to count. And financially, uh, the numbers don't uh, don't add up if you take away the the theater revenue from a big movie like that. Yeah, which I think has been postponed at least a couple times now. Yeah. Besides the Bond film, what are a couple other uh, ones that uh, are highly anticipated for 2021? Well, uh, Marvel's Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and 
uh, Rachel Weiss. Uh, and that, too, just yesterday, uh, the Disney Company uh, had announced they were going to put it out May 4th. I think it was May 4th. And uh, they I don't want to say they got cold feet, but they uh, I think they wised up. <laughs> yeah. They said May 4th is just a little too soon. We're on the cusp of getting a handle, you know, at least temporarily, on this uh, on, on this pandemic. May fourth is maybe you know just rushing it. So it's going to come out in July, and okay. it now looks like July will be the month that we begin to return to something resembling normal. And our president said he hopes we're all going to have a normal Fourth of July. And what about the uh, Top Gun movie with Tom Cruise, the sequel? Is that later in the year? Yes, it is. Uh, what Tom Cruise and, <laughs> and Val Kilmer look like. <laughs> that film came out in the 80s. And uh, I just started reviewing movies at Entertainment Tonight. And uh, it's all anybody was talking It's all anybody was talking about. Tom Cruise had just become the new it guy. You know, remember Risky Business? Oh, man, loved that movie. Yeah, well, I mean, but, you know, that, 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 that slide across the floor of his house. Yep, Bob Seger. That, that was it. That was it for all the women I knew. <laughs> right. So now uh, he's back. He's not asking us to believe that he's still 20 years old, but he's a good-looking guy, and he's obviously in great shape. And uh, but I still wonder whether today's young people care. That remains to be seen. They have Miles Teller in the cast also as a uh, young leading man, and Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly is now, I guess, a middle-aged demo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this year's Oscar nominations, the Best Picture category. I've seen about half of them, and I love Nomadland, but I, I think, like uh, in other years, it's going to be a tough choice, isn't it? It is, uh, and there are awfully good movies there. Judas and the Black Messiah is really good. Promising Young Woman is is. Also really good. Sound of Metal is a total surprise because I'd never heard of director or writer or Riz Ahmed, who stars in it, who's also nominated for Best Actor. Right. Uh, Minari with Stephen Young, made by a, a newcomer in the director field, Lee Isaac Chung. There are all these really good films. And what's going to be the, big, the debate now and forever more is would these films have stood a chance if they were competing with the big boys who had to sit on the bench, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the best actor category, it's interesting because we have the late Chadwick Boseman who is uh, up for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Do you think that he gets the nod because everybody just loved him? It was it was such a, a tragic ending there. Well, history of the Oscars usually predicts the, the present and the future. So if that's the case, the answer is yes. But the Academy has changed. The Academy, which had about 6,000 voting members fairly steadily for 25, 30 years, has just added 2,000 new members in the past couple of years. You remember that Oscars So White campaign? Right. Well, they took it seriously, and they reached out to more uh, international filmmakers, to more women, to more people of color, and they have changed the makeup of the uh, Academy so that there's no such thing anymore as a typical Oscar voter or a usual, uh, the Academy usually does this. 
I'm one of those pundits who said that year after year. Any other time, I would have said Chadwick Boseman will be the choice because he's he was a great actor, and he gives a dynamite performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So it's not like he hasn't earned it, but the extra ingredient is the honor somebody who just died long before his time. Before I let you go, Leonard, I have to say, I miss your film guides, and I get very nostalgic thinking about how I always had a copy nearby, and I thank you for that, because I know how how difficult and time-consuming it was to put those together. Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, you know, it it, uh, was a big, big part of my life for 45 years, uh, which is stunning for me to contemplate. Uh, But I was... 17 years old when I signed a contract to do the first one. Yeah, and I mean, in the early days, it had to be difficult to get accurate information pre-internet and everything else. I mean, you really had to become... Oh, yeah. yeah. We sweated out every every fact about every film. (laughs) Right. Well, look for Leonard Malton's Malton on Movies podcast. It's great, and it's available at Apple and wherever you get your podcasts. Leonard, thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. Be well. Thank you. You too. And again, make sure you check out Leonard Malton's Malton on Movies podcast with his daughter, especially great this time of year. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.